This episode of the Blowing Smoke with Twisted Rico podcast is brought to you by Spectacle Eyewear. Now, if you've been watching any episodes of this podcast on our YouTube channel, you might have noticed I've been wearing some pretty cool specs lately. Well, you know where I get them? Spectacle Eyewear, 505 Tremont Street, Boston, Massachusetts. Their phone number is 617-542-9600. Head down to Spectacle. Go visit our friend Paul. You'll get yourself some cool specs.
Welcome to Blowing Smoke with Twisted Rico. I'm your host, Steve Ricardo. The Reverend Hank Purse is back today. I think it's his fourth time on the show. We talk about a lot of different topics, but mostly music. And we're going to play that fun talk for you shortly. The song we started you off with today is from Township, formerly the Family Township. Although it appears that they might be the Family Township again, it really doesn't matter because their new album, 20th Century Wasters, is definitely no waste of time, for sure. It's really good. We played the track for you called Youngblood, which is just beginning of a deep album with great songs and musicianship. It's on Black Word Records. It came out in November, so it's new and fresh. We had their lead guitar player, Alejandro Necochea, on the show last year. As you may or may not remember, Alejandro or Alec, as some call um, him, Alec mostly. I call him Alejandro because I like saying his name. Uh, he also plays for Worshipper and Bang Camaro. We had a great time with him. Uh, Township's lineup, by the way, on this record is Mark Panansky on vocals and guitar, James Rohr on the keys, John Sheeran on bass, Peter McLean on drums, although I saw that Mike Peel played at least one live show with them. I'm not sure if that was temporary or permanent or whatever, but we know Mike, he's a great drummer too. And of course, Alejandro on lead guitar, Township. Highly regarded in the Boston music scene. Great album. Check this out, and we'll be right back. Being the big vinyl lover that I am, I'm proud to tell you about Joe's albums in their two locations. The original shop at 317 Main Street in downtown Worcester, Massachusetts, and their second location out in Western Mass at 5 Market Street, Northampton. Both of these shops are loaded with both new and used vinyl. It's hard to walk in either shop and walk out empty-handed due to their amazing collection of records and other cool goodies like t-shirts, mugs, posters, etc. If you can't find what you're looking for in the retail stores, check out their website, joesalbums.com. Thank you, Joe, for being so cool. <laughs> Like that edit that we just played you? That was the Dogmatics, I Love Rock and Roll. I should say the edit, edit from the song, I Love Rock and Roll. I hope you like it because I have some exciting news for you. Well, it's exciting for me anyways. That will be our new theme song for a revamped 
sister podcast called Mira Stars, which premieres soon. Thank you to the Dogmatics who gave us a resounding yes when we asked about using their track. We love that song. It just totally fits in what we're going to do. I've been promising to relaunch the Mira Stars podcast for a while, and well, it's finally happening. No more politics. It will be an entertainment podcast related to guests that come on this show and music from this podcast. And basically, I'm going to just talk about everything that's rock and roll review records, review old albums, maybe have guests, but probably not, but you never know. So stay tuned for that. I'm excited for that. Mira Stars podcast. All right. Okay. Reverend Hank Purse is a great guy. And I love whenever we get the chance to talk. And this time around, we recorded our conversation for you all to hear. So here I am with the one and the only Reverend Hank. Welcome to those of you watching on YouTube. This is Blowing Smoke with Twisted Rico. I'm your host, Steve Ricardo. If you want to hear this entire show with intros, outros, and music, I'll be playing some new music on this episode, please go to Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music. There's so many of them. Please welcome to the show, the Reverend Hank Purse. Woo! And I finally said his name right. It took me four tries. You're on the on the show for the fourth time. And I think that puts you like in a tie with Dun Duncan Wilder Johnson, if I'm not mistaken, not counting um, other, you know, co-hosts and things like that. I don't know if you feel special at all. I, I feel you. very special. And I, I somehow I want to do something to, to beat Duncan now. <laughs> like we... <laughs> You and Duncan are like the most least confrontational people I know. I can't imagine you trying to beat each other at something. You know, I mean, but like, you know, uh, 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 like we'll 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 think about like you know thesaur thesaurus words. We'll think up, you know, it'll be a really sort of you know very non, no real winners, no real losers. No, no. Well, um, I'll try to you. talk to him about Worcester bands. He's got you beat there because he knows oh, every true. band from Worcester except for the real old ones, like I do. Um, so how was your whole, like, I don't know what you do, you know, because you're a minister and stuff. I mean, are your holidays any different than anyone else? I mean, how were they this year? Uh, they, they were great. I, I'm not serving a church these days. Um, uh, so I've, I've, I'm sort of freelancing it around and, and uh, bouncing around. But I, a friend was um, uh, 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 had COVID. And so um, uh, and she was just getting over it. And so she this year, you know, Christmas Eve was on a um uh um christmas eve was on a sunday so um yeah, she was I like so. you do yeah. sunday morning i'll do sunday night i was like great so i did i preached on, on christmas eve morning which you know as you can imagine not a big attendance because <laughs> everyone's like church twice a day you know so um but that was fine that was that, that was lovely and it was great to have a chance to to do that but usually yeah usually christmases are super hectic um uh, but this was this was lovely. My my oldest daughter was back from uh, school in Canada. She's up at Concordia in Montreal, and nice. I, I, I've been telling everyone this story. She like, you know, she came back from school and went and off visited friends, and then um, she came to my wife and I on the next morning, and she went. So what are what are the what are the drinking rules around here? Because you know, the, the drinking age is eighteen in, in Quebec, and I said <clears throat> the drinking rules haven't really changed. Drinking haven't changed here. Haven't changed here. So, uh, and then we all had a good laugh. But good, you know, as, as my wife said, you know, good on her for asking. Wow. Asking the straight edge dad about drinking. That's pretty bold, I'd have yeah. to say. Yep. Yep, exactly. 
So basically, you just do the regular family thing too, with the tree and all that. Do you do all that stuff? All that sort of stuff, right? You know, we're, we're not we're not big on uh, having like uh, six million lights and um, and that sort of stuff. It's very, you know, we're, we're yeah, you know, I'm an old Yankee, so it's all you know, so it's like yeah, some greenery and uh, you know, and a tree and, and ornaments and stuff. But um, and then on uh, Christmas Day, we went down to some of my parents um, who live uh, down in Fairhaven next to New Bedford. On the south coast of Massachusetts, Haven. Um, you know, the land of Moby Dick, for those of you uh, tuning in from from afar, and then went down to um, uh, over to my nephew's house afterwards. And my um, uh, my nephew uh, has um, four children. He does like have four, four kids, four lovely little kids. And they have uh, they also have four large dogs, including a St. Bernard who just had 11 puppies. I've been... There was a lot of chaos going on at that. <laughs> Were all the puppies there? Yeah. Oh, wow, that must have been trippy. I'd like to just lay down in a in a in a between eleven puppies and yeah, just it, let them it, crawl it was, all over me. Yeah, uh, one of my one of my nephew's sons, um, who is four, um, did just that, you know, and it was just totally hilarious, you know, totally hilarious. Three week old Saint Bernard puppies are pretty big, and eleven of them. It's a it's a scene. It sounds like fun. Uh, I'm going to hit you with a couple of different things before we talk about music. Uh, you seem to stay in a pretty good uh, state of mind, or at least it seems that way to me and other people. What do you say to people that are having a hard time dealing with all the BS going on in the world, or maybe even just dealing with their own shit, whether it be financial, mental, whatever? What what do you what kind of advice do you give to people? Right, it seems like we're in the I personally think we're we're almost around the same age. I think this is the craziest time of my entire life. I don't know if you feel the same, but yeah, I mean, some of it certainly is that we're older and um, we don't quite have the same energy to go out and 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 do stuff, or or or, or also that we we you know we've we've gathered enough wisdom to kind of go like, all right, that doesn't that does not need more Hank energy going to this thing or that thing. Um, uh, I you know. I think it's really easy for us. Um, every, let me back up and say, everyone is grieving from the the pandemic still, still, yeah. and probably still will be. You know, and whether it's you lost a friend, you lost a job, you lost, you know, the you know you didn't you weren't able to go to your uh, your prom or you know all the all mm -hmm. the different things. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, and and they go from things that you kind of go ah prom, you know. Um, as compared to someone who lost their parents to, to COVID or that sort of thing. But they still, we're all grieving and we all grieve in different ways. And, um, and I think, you know, sometimes people who aren't, you know, who are sort of in denial or, or want people to kind of like, hurry up, I, you know, I've, I've done my work, hurry up. Like, that's not really, that's not really good, you know? And then other people, you know, the way they're, they're processing it, it they're dragging on, they kind of wallowing in it. And that's, that's really difficult too, to um, not find a way to, you know, out and through all of this. Um, and also because of the pandemic, we are way more isolated. We are already an isolated uh, culture, but it became even more so. There are less opportunities for people to uh, to get together. Um, I am pleased with the, the amount of, um, uh, of little clubs, of smaller clubs that have opened up and get, gotten chance for people to, to, to be together. But um, with that isolation just comes um, everyone just, just kind of thinking in their own minds and thinking their own thoughts and not having a chance to really sort of bounce ideas off of friends, you know, kind of going like, Hey, this is what's going on with me or uh, I'm worried about this. And so we're all in our own minds and um, 
you know, and, and then something goes on in the world and, you know, we, we go online to, to, to sort of, you know, find out more information and you get you know, bombarded with stuff. You know, my, um, as I said, my, my eldest daughter's up in, uh, up in Montreal and with everything that's gone on this fall, there's lots to protest. And I just, you know, reminded her like to, you know, keep her own, um, uh, uh, you know, keep her own thoughts, you know, keep, you know, don't be swayed one way or the other. I said, because, um, there is uh, anti-Semitism, there's Islamophobia out there in Quebec, just like it is here in the States. And, um, uh, and I said, it's the easiest thing for me to say, which is, um, stand up for peace. And I said, it's the easiest thing, th thing for me to say, but it's the hardest thing to do. Because everyone wants to pull you in one direction or, or the other, you know, these people did this and this, these people did that. And, as, you know, and, and just sort of say, we need peace. We need to work for peace. And that is that is the hardest thing, you know, because everybody wants you to to, you know, wave their flag to to, you know, show that you're not, you know, this or that. And uh, and it's it's hard. It's hard not to 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 fall into um, because because everyone else is, wants to pressure you one way or another to to say like oh one more person on our side and um, and that's not really what's always needed. I mean, I I don't want to get all political or anything, but I think that um, what's going on with Israel and Gaza right now, uh, Palestinians is like one of the most frustrating things I've experienced in my life. Because, you know, without getting into the details of it, I only want to look at the humanitarian part of it and all these kids. All I see is kids and innocent people that are suffering because my mother often told me the stories about when she was in Italy and Germany was bombing Italy. Or actually, I think it was the U. It might have even been the allies that were bombing Germany during World War II and how her and her mother and sister were hiding in their basement, how they barely survived the bombings. And I think about that and I see people's faces that I know, even though they're not there, what it would be like trying to protect your little kids from this when you have nothing to do with what's going on at all. And to me, that's one of the most frustrating things that's happening in the world right now. And I wish I could personally do something, but honestly, Hank, I don't know what I can do. I don't know what any of us can do. It seems like the U.S. has put themselves in a position where we're in this position now, and what do we do? <laughs> you know, they don't know what to do. Yeah, my, my mother, my mother, uh, you know, had grew up in Belfast, Northern Ireland, and um, uh, and and the Germans bombed uh, um, Belfast as well, and it was a um, uh, it was you know she she too has stories about you know bombs falling and you know and and of course also you know kids being um, uh, kids being kids and and you know she said like the next the next day she and her cousins you know were out picking up sort of you know shrapnel from from bombs that had exploded and um uh and and she was like you know and like in, and how her her own mo mother was just like you know shocked at like you know you know because they, they'd sent my mom and her cousins off to a place they thought would be safe and that the germans wouldn't bomb but the germans bombed it by mistake you know yes. <laughs> they overshot and uh overshot the the, the shipyards and uh, my grandmother showed up and like the house across the street was was demolished, you know, vaporized. And, um, but there, and there was my mom and her cousins like in the, in the 
in the pit, like picking up shrapnel and my grandmother supposedly just like almost passed out. It just kind of going like, you know, what, what the hell's going on <laughs> with our, our little kids. And, you know, so. Um, I guess when I started the whole thing off about the current affairs and how we look at it, to me, it goes all the way back to 2016. That's when it all started. Then we had to deal with the pandemic. And then what happened with Black Lives Matters and all these other people thinking their lives matter more. And, and now we have to deal with this, you know, and it's like, I'm just trying to enjoy my life. In fact, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to get your vibe on this. Um, I've been telling a lot of people lately when they ask me about, they say they want to do this, they want to see do that. My my new vibes lately has been like, do what makes you happy. Like, for example, I decided I want to talk more about music and stuff than I could do on my show because I just love to talk about music. <laughs> so this podcast I've been trying to get going for a long time, Mirror Stars, I tried to take it in a political direction for a while. I've decided to disband that whole idea. And you, this is the first time I'm talking about it publicly. It's going to become an offshoot of Blowing Smoke with Twisted Rico, and it's going to be all about geeking out about music and talking about records and reviewing records and things like that. And that personally will make me happy. So I tell other people, do whatever you have to do to make you happy. And here's my question to you. What if they start doing things that you don't like? After you give them that advice, how do you deal with someone that you know that you know is doing something they shouldn't be doing? Well, you know, I guess it depends on, on what it is, you know, and and some of it is just sort of, you know, I can't control everybody, you know, I think, and I think that's a um, something I learned a long time ago in ministry is that you can't control everybody. You can't control what, what you want, what, you know, you, what people are, people are going to do with their, what they're going to do. Um, and um, so I think it depends on what they're doing and how close they are to me. Um, you know, it'd be something, it's, it's one thing if, if it's, if it's my kid rather than, you know, somebody I see, you know, you know, every, every few months. Um, but it's a, um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult to, to, to see those things. And, and, um, I mean, it's, it's tough, you know, that seeing, seeing folks who, uh, you know, that you've spent time with in your youth, all of a sudden getting involved in, in things that you kind of go, Oh no no you're not voting for that guy you know you know um I think it is it is important for us to be able to have friends um with different opinions I guess so, I was kind of alluding to that because yeah, yeah you know, and, but I think it's also it's, it's it's important for us to you know hear from other folks have friends uh, and not and also not to just kind of go like all right this someone didn't get a vaccine that doesn't mean that they are you know full on QAnon idiots blah 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 um. That could just be that, that that's their that's their take on that, you know, and um uh uh so you know it's um uh you know we it, did it, we did we did go after those people. Well, I say we because I know I was part of that. We did go after those people pretty hard, and now I think back about it, I'm like, you know, there's probably a lot of cool people out there that didn't get the vaccine. In fact, I know a couple. And, you know, I might have been a little too hard with my views back then. And uh, I don't know. It's well, a I, difficult time. Well, and, I, you know, and I think some of it also is being able to, um, uh, you know, you know, kind of like uh, um, get past that yourself, forgive them and, and ask for forgiveness, you know, too. And kind of going like, you know, um, and, and, and whether that is 
like actually having to say that you're sorry or, 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 you know, or whatever, but, uh, you know, or, or if it's just sort of like re-engaging with them on a different thing, you know, re-engaging with them. Um, because for the most part, most of the people that, that, you know, we've known since, you know, since the day um, are still the same people, you know, and they've gotten a few, you know, they, we've all gone in different, different routes, you know, when I, when I tell people, you know, that, you know, like I'm a minister, they kind of go, oh, oh, what, what, what happened to him? How'd that happen? And, you know, and then they, and then they hang out and or chat with me and they kind of go, oh, it, it's still Hank. All right. You know, um, his, his church is wacky. Okay. I get it. You know, I never feel that way around you. It's really weird. I never feel that way. And I know, you know, that I am very, I'm not into organized religion at all. You don't seem to hold that against me at all. You just, you know, <laughs> well, if if I, if I did, I'd, I'd it'd be a really small group of people I'd be hanging out with, you know, and, and, and part of it is too, is that I want to hang out with the people, you know, uh, who, who I'm, you know, like who I'm friends with, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. I mean, I, you know, I've, I've really loved so many of the people that I've gotten to work with as, and by being people's ministers. Um, but, you know, more often than not, you know, I've been, you know, the, the place where I really feel called to, to be is to be with like our old rock and roll friends and whether that's like working with somebody, you know, and, 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 um, uh, and being with folks, um, whether it we're doing protests or helping them, you know, because someone in their, in their life has, has died and, and they don't know what to do. And I'm, you know, I've got, you know, some experience and with funerals and, you know, and everything and all that sort of stuff and just helping, you know, helping people, you know, in, in, the, in those vulnerable moments, because it's really easy. Um, you know, I always say that, that, you know, we, we talk about the military industrial complex and, um, but there's also sort of like the funeral industrial complex, you know, that when, when someone dies, like the funeral home will swoop in because, you know, so many of us have just um, not dealt with uh, the, you know, with funeral homes uh, the way that, um, uh, uh, you know, previous generations had, um, you know, my parents. It's changing. Like, yeah. You know, things my, are my, changing. You know, my, my dad has like, you know, however many years ago went down to the local funeral home and went, Oh, okay. You know, let me get a casket and you know, this, you know, a, you know, you know, I want to have this type of service. I want to do this and, and it's all paid for. Um, and that's not something that, that, that we've done, you know, and um, some of it is sort of the baby boomers uh, were, um, you know, I think, you know, having their own issues about life and death and have sort of just sort of denied it, you know, and that it doesn't really happen. And, um, uh, and, and thus don't really, you know, deal with the people who deal with death. And so, um, why, why are we on, why are we talking about death? Well, no, this, I'm, I'm going to, I'm segue, I'm segwaying into me. I, I was good. I thought when I, when you said, you know, I'm used to helping so many people, I thought you were going to say, I'm used to helping so many bands unload their gear from their van. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, I mean, I think in, in, in some ways, I think that's true too, that like, you know, um, uh, you know, yeah, working with people, working with it, you know, being part of being part of the gang, being part of the scene. I think that's always, you know, I'm somebody who's always loved community, always loved, you know, being with people, having fun, you know. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's that's always my strong point, and that's always what you know what I've wanted to do in ministry is um, bring people together, you know. Yeah. And um, do, do you? I'm going to change the subject now because I just, there's certain issues I can talk to you about, Hank, that I can't talk to other people about. So I can't really ask. This is a, this is a podcast. Other people will be listening to this. Just, I just want to remind you that other people will be listening to this podcast, but you go, <laughs> you go ahead. 
I, I don't well. think there's anything wrong with what we're talking about. Uh, do you remember the first band that you actually listened to? Because I know you're like me and you've been a lifelong music fan. I mean, do you remember how old you were and what you heard for the first time? So my um, so my, my mother was a, a traditional Irish storyteller. Like, as I said, my mom is from Northern Ireland and my mom had gotten involved in the traditional folk music scene in uh, in Scotland in the in the late 50s and early 60s. And, um, uh, it, you know, and, and then, you know, met my dad and, and moved over here to the States and, you know, was in, involved in the folk music scene here. But, you know, once again, the, the traditional folk music scene, not the Bob Dylan singer songwriter folk music scene, um, but the real sort of like, you know, the, the sort of the, the roots, whether it's Irish roots or British roots or, you know, Ukrainian roots or, or American roots music. Um, that's, that's the stuff I grew up with. And so, yeah. like, I I just grew up going to going to concerts, you know, and, and um, uh, um, you know, so it's hard to sort of say like, you know, what's the first band you saw? Because like, I was always seeing band. We were always seeing music uh, in our family and going to festivals and traveling around. Um, like, I I first got into I first got into punk rock, in part because there were a was punk of- was punk. Did you have a classic rock phase? Or did you just go straight to punk? Pretty much went straight to punk. Straight I mean, it was around, punk. right? So you always, you know, you know, I remember hanging out with somebody, you know, uh, um, uh, I think my sister was, was dating some guy who was like really into the doors. I'm kind of, you know, going over to his apartment and just, and just being like, oh, okay, all right, you know. Um, and, um, uh, but yes, so, but, but really, no, I, I really went from like sort of traditional folk music. Um, and then there were these guys who were from like the uh, Southeastern Mass, Rhode Island area. And a bunch of them, they were older than I was. And so in like the late 70s or early 80s, I guess late 70s, they all went over to Ireland for a summer to like, you know, you know, learn from the masters, learn, you know, go and play in pubs and stuff. And when they came back, they 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 had, you know, been introduced to punk rock. And, um, you know, and I was not a musician. I'm not, you know, still not a musician. But they, uh, so I, I was like, you know, how can I, like, I want to show these guys that I'm cool. I'll get into punk rock. So I got into punk rock sort of through a very weird back, you know, uh, sort of thing. And, um, you know, that said, I also had my best friend's family who lived around the corner. Um, Their oldest brother, Mike, um, uh, had gone off and lived in New York City and was hanging around CBGBs. And I remember him sort of, you know, coming back and telling us stories of like seeing Devo and Patti Smith. And um, uh, I remember him like him telling us, you know, like, oh yeah, Devo came out, they're all wearing garbage bags. And we were like, Whoa! you know, <laughs> we're like 12 years old, garbage bags. And then he was like, yeah. And then Patty Smith, and she's throwing tampons. And of course we're 12 year old boys. We're like, we don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but you know, so it was, it was just, just this kind of like, like this other music, you know, that, that you just kind of, you heard more about, you heard more about punk than you heard about, than, than you actually heard punk music. But I remember hearing, um, uh, um, the Ramones. I remember hearing uh, "I Want to Be Sedated." That was like I think the first punk. Was, rock it, song was this on the radio or how were you it listening? Must have been on the radio someplace. It's, uh, that um, UMass Dartmouth, which was at, at you know, and I'm so old. It was SMU. It was, it was you know Southeastern uh, Massachusetts University, um, and they have a, they had a radio show, and somehow like our radio was was set to that, and I heard that, and it was you know like so many people you hear that and you kind of go, oh, this is a lot different than like all the kids at school that I wasn't really crazy about that they're listening to all, you know, all the journey and Nazareth and all this other stuff that yeah. all of a sudden for me to go like, Oh, what's that? Wow. This, this is great. You know, 
and um so you didn't like any any of those bands no 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 yeah so i know i've had to sort of go back you know um you know and and you know like everybody else you know the beatles were in the air but like i've often felt i've often described it like um uh my feelings about the beatles are probably the same feelings that people who are jewish feel about christmas carols like (laughs) you can't avoid them you hear them all over the place but it's not really for me you know wow and um uh, you know, but of course, you know, you heard the Beatles. I remember, I remember actually going down to the local library in Fairhaven and going like, what rock records do they have? And the only, the only Beatles record that they had was the Beatles singing in German. And to be honest, I don't think it was actually the Beatles. I think it was just like, you know, somebody, you know, had recorded a bunch of Beatles songs in German, but said it was the Beatles, you know, and, um, uh, you know, so, so like, I still have like, you know, come, you know, what is it? Like, Come Dinah, something, you know, your hand, like, I want to hold your hand, but in German, I yeah, like, still, yeah. like, you know, still rattling uh-huh. around in my brain someplace. Um, yeah. So, you know, I got into punk rock and like, and also the sort of the absurdist stuff, you know, I, there was a, the, the, the local pharmacy up the street. So Where I was this? Of, what town was this? Oh, in Fairhaven. So Fairhaven, Massachusetts. Bedford, Fairhaven. And then, yes. and then you get, you know, to Mattapoisett and the next, next little towns down there. And, um, there was um, the local pharmacy. Somebody probably made a mistake and ordered. Uh, it was a. It was a. It was a. Uh, it was a magazine out of L.A. called Take It Magazine, and um, it was sort of like, you know, sort of. It was. It was a sort of a, you know new wave punk rock magazine, and um, I remember you know all of a sudden discovering it. You know, I didn't have. I didn't have any money to buy it, and so but they had a flexi disc in there. Like, have we talked about flexi? I don't know if I, I can't remember talking about flexi discs at all. But like, I like, I remember flexi disc. What a crazy technology that was, right? Yeah. You know, for anybody who doesn't know, it was this piece of flexible plastic that would, would be, yeah, it'd be, it would be, it would be in a magazine. Yeah. And you'd tear it out and then you, you put it on your turntable, but you'd also, you'd have to put like a quarter on there or a dime to, to hold it down. <laughs> Cause if, if you didn't and you put the needle on it, it would just like, it wouldn't play. It would just stuck. But anyway, so I stole it and like, you know, snuck it home and, um, uh, what? um, wow you stole it no i know yeah a flexi disc you're the last person i expect to say stole something it wasn't a car it wasn't a car you know um it's okay i don't care i stole a few things let me into heaven Uh, a flexi disc you stole at the pharmacy in east Fairhaven. um and but it had um it had it had uh um had had three bands it had black flag doing rise above it had the dead kennedys um uh kill the poor and then it had the angry samoans doing i think lights out and then and then and then there's other little rambling stuff from the from the like some funny little outtakes from the from the angry samoans and i was just like you know this stuff is crazy but the angry samoan stuff i loved because it was just it was absurdist you know yeah. you know poke your eye in the, the fork pic, and like in that's the, in the like how disc. that yeah, and yeah. the flexi disc is now worth three hundred and fifty dollars, but I can't I, find it. I, I can, you can only imagine what that actually would be worth. Um, uh, um, you know, probably when my parents pass away, and I'll be like, you know, going through stuff. You know, I'll find it. You know, I um, love when I have these bands on on the show now. You know, John and Nastus is on not too long ago. Yeah, you know, Brotherhoods. You could still get the original for three hundred eighty five dollars on Discogs. <laughs> Why do I want to get a reissue? I could just go buy the original for three hundred and eighty-five dollars. It was yeah, but my, my you know, and and like I don't know about you, Steve, but like 
my my original copy of Brotherhood was stolen, you know, uh, you know, from some apartment in Alston, you know, decades ago. So maybe that's the one that's being sold. Yeah, I wish I had an I don't have any of those original copies of any of those exclaim records, unfortunately. Yeah. I, I get I get rid of all my stuff, you know, it's just I'm going to I'm going to ask you about those in a second. What I want to refresh my memory, uh Slapshot, COC, FU slash Straw Dogs. Were there other bands that you got in the van with? And Uniform Choice. Uniform How could I forget Pat Dubar? Damn. You know, Pat Dubar has done a really good job of disappearing off the face of the earth. Pat is uh, he's he's living down in uh he's still living in Orange County. He's like a football coach. Um, yes did joe yep. nelson tell you this yeah 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 wow yeah. yeah joe told me he still was in touch with the do bars but you yeah. know uh pat's not on social media as far as i know no. anywhere no. he's one of the coolest guys by the way I, I have a list of people i was going to ask you about but let's talk about pat for a minute i'll never forget meeting pat dubar he was just the west coast straight edge guy in my mind you know yeah. screaming at change you know and um when I met Pat, he was the nicest guy. And we ended up having a relationship. And then when he was in Mind Funk that got signed to Epic, we hung around more. And he he was in L we were both in LA at that time. And I really got to know him. And he's a really one of the nicest guys I could say I've ever met in the music business. Yeah. A a a, a real sweet guy, you know, empathetic, you know, um uh and and fun to be around. It was it was a it, it was I I did a tour with them. It was it, it was myself and Roger Marbury who um played bass oh, in Dag Nasty. Yeah. And he and, and the two of us were the um were the roadies. And it was you know, it was sort of a desperate like you know, tour. It was it wasn't like a tour. Of, what of, era like, was this? This wasn't. This is before Giant. This is like the early. No, no, this is like staring at the sun. So I think it that really? was giant. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Were were you with them in New York when they played CBGB? Yes, yes. See, I didn't. I didn't know that. I didn't know you then. But I was at that show. No, we, we 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 did know each other then, but we probably didn't know each other. I I was also. I I'd also just. But well, we did down. know each other. Yeah. then. Sorry, we did because yeah. no, we right. met. In, um, it, we had. I had. I, we I, met. I maybe just met up with him in Boston. I did. I did half that tour. Roger did the whole tour. I did half that tour, so I ended up in L.A. Because um, yeah, we met in eighty five, eighty six, and that that record yep. came out in eighty eight. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a few. Yeah. Of course, we knew each other, but I don't. I didn't remember you being on tour with them. That's that's great. Well, you know, like hey, you know, uh, we'll run into each other at CBGBs at this crazy punk rock show in, the, in August or what, July or whatever the year, uh, whatever year that was. So yeah, that was. Uh... Those hardcore matinees in, at CBs were the best, the absolute best. I had so much fun at the long wait because I love the early shows. You know, I love the early show. So was there anyone? At, so uniform choice. Fu straw Fu slash straw Coc and Slapshot. Those were pretty much the bands you worked yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and and like, you know, now everything is is specialized. I mean, certainly bands are bigger now, but they would have like a guitar tech or and a drum tech. I was just like, you know, I, I was working with these bands when they were just you know when everyone was small. So you like you you would do everything. You'd sell T-shirts, and then um, uh, when the band went on, you have to like take the T-shirts down, run backstage, you know. Um, and and then be there to keep people off the stage or like oh you know um, maybe try to restring a guitar like luckily other people were better I, you know my brain does not work in the let's let's tune this thing up but I could get at least get the right string on the guitar and let the guitarist um, uh, uh, tune it up when <laughs> when when needed um, 
you know, and, and then and then you know get back, sell more T-shirts, and then get in the van and, and uh, drive off to the next show. Um, Did you do much of the driving? Oh yeah, I love driving. So yeah, yeah me too. Yeah, I used yeah. to love when I went on the road and drove. <laughs> uh, do you remember when you told some of these bands that you were going to be, or were you already on your way to becoming a minister, and their reactions? Do you remember when that happened? No, but you know, I mean, uh, um, because I think you know when when I when I, when people hear that as a minister, they kind of go, oh, and everyone sort of expects me to have had some, you know, moment where like I was, you know. Uh, living a life of sin and then all of a sudden i've you know seen the light and that's not you know you stole a flexi disc come on man <laughs> i ripped it out of the magazine stuff in my jacket um and um uh but um uh, but you know and and so you know i was always involved in uh, my church youth group um uh and you know and, and part of that too was that like you know, growing up and, be, you know, being a kid in, you know, uh, you know, born in the mid 60s um, and, uh, you know, and then and and not listening to not really listening to rock and roll, but really listening to, um, uh, um, you know, traditional folk music stuff and then getting into punk, like not a popular opinion, you know, uh, amongst uh, other kids. Uh, so it was it was not an easy uh, an easy go of it. <laughs> You know, were there any of your friends, you don't even have to mention any names if you don't want, that were not understanding about the direction that you're going in or were all your closest friends, you know, like this? I imagine the slap shot guys and the FU guys, those were probably your closest friends at that yeah. time. Yeah. And I think that and I think everyone just kind of goes, oh, all right. You know, and, and so like and also as a Unitarian Universalist um, minister, you know, it's a it's like it's it's more liberal than than most um uh, uh, you know, than most people that I know anyway. So like people just go, Oh, Oh, you're, you're, you're there. You're not, you know, um, uh, uh, you know, you're not super conservative. You got, you, you do this. Oh, all right. You know, and, and he sort of explained what it is that, uh, um, you know, um, sort of the, the, the range of beliefs. And, you know, it's not like being a Catholic priest or anything like that. Right. Or like a Southern Baptist <laughs> minister or, you know, somebody, you know, handling snakes or all of a sudden being, you know, em embracing, you know, sort of, um, you know, being, you know, believing that Jesus and, um, uh, and America are synonymous and, you know, and that, that sort of thing. So, um, so, uh, you, you know, so there was a lot of, um, uh, yes, yeah, so for the most part, I think people just kind of went, oh, all right. And, and then, you know, and then, and then, you know, I, I like, I haven't changed that much. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I can, you know, write a sentence better than, than I could certainly 30 years ago, but, um, uh, you a know, lot of people, a lot of people probably also found out the way I did when they put on American hardcore and there was that massive introduction of you. And I was like, I know that guy. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was at the Sam Black Church in, in Worcester um, uh, at the end of, uh, of October this year, the big, their big uh, 35th reunion yeah, show. Yeah. And I'm standing, I'm, I'm in the pit ready, waiting for the band to go on. And I'm standing there and this guy who I didn't notice turns to me and he goes, Hey, you're the, you're the minister guy from, uh, from American hardcore. And I was like, Holy smokes that, you know, like, I was like, that movie came out, you know, 25 years ago. And I was like, 
yes i am or 20 years ago yeah yeah that's me you know and i was like wow i you know my 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 skin regime must really be working if people can still recognize me from all those years ago oh, um, i remember when i told people i know you when i watched the film they're like what you know him i'm like yeah i do know him he slept on my floor once actually in california but um you, you know I, I i was trying to get the the um uh steve blush uh um uh who you know put the movie together i said like oh it'd be great if we could you know Get, you know, in the start of uh, of the the decline of Western civilization, there's that scene of each member, each like the singer of each band reading a little disclaimer, like by by being here, you you agree that uh, you will um uh, you know appear on film and you will not just you know. And I thought like, oh, if we could only get that verbiage and have me reading it from the pulpit would just be hilarious. We just we just couldn't find it in, in time enough, but it was like oh, that be that would have been the best, you know. So. Uh I was gonna uh, flip the flip the conversation a little bit here. I know you're a big supporter of the long wait, and uh, and we, I've, you know, I I saw you the most recent time at the Middle East. I've talked about this show like I think every show I've done since because I, you know, verbal assault was there. I mean, it was a great day. Tremendous, tremendous verbal assault have just have just gotten better. And yeah, I was really surprised because I thought. Wow, it's going to be really hard for them to follow the long way because the long wait. Even though Steve Rustin was telling me I couldn't hear myself, I didn't think we sounded good. I was like, "What are you on, dude? You guys were amazing. I thought they were incredible that day." Uh, and then Verbal Assault came out and they held their own. Oh my gosh! So, I mean, great musicians. Um, uh, um, you know, uh, Pete is just a, a phenomenal Love guitar guy. player. Phenomenal guitar player. And, um, and, and, um, uh, oh my gosh, I can't remember the, the drummer and bass players names have escaped me right now, but you know, I, I think those guys had, have played together in reggae bands down in the Newport area yeah. forever. So they're just really tight, you know, and Chris Jones is like, has gone from being like the, 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 the guy doing skateboard jumps type jumps, you know, off of drums and stuff to really intense. He like, is very intense. Uh, it was fan. They're just great. Really, really great. Yeah. And the, and of course, the, the long wait guys are just, you know, like so many of them were my pals. And and I also have to, I feel like I I, I have some ownership of that band as well, because it grew out of um, the uh, Slapknot uh, 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 event that we, right. that we did a couple of years ago, um, uh, you know, recognizing uh, Slapshot's uh, 35 years where I organized all, you know, as many of the former members of Slapshot together uh, to put on a uh, sort of a Slapshot karaoke with all these different, you know, versions of the band. And it's, and it sort of grew out of that, you know, so. Um, I'm looking yeah. up some things while I'm talking to you. Cause when I worked with verbal assault on trial, the, it was the Gorman brothers. Yeah. 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 Right. Uh, right. Do okay. Was it Dylan? Yes. Dylan and Doug, right? Yep. Yeah. Those, I was talking to the bass player. Um, which one was he? I'm sorry, I don't know this. But I was talking to the bass player, and he was really cool. He was a really nice guy. And uh, yeah, th that that day was really special. Was there things that happened in the last couple of years, or even the last year, shows or anything? You mentioned Sam Black Church. We're right. at that show. Were there other shows that you went to that really just popped out at you and were like, yes, wow? Uh, uh, Emil and the Sniffers. I have been wanting to see them forever. Saw them. They were great. They were great. Um, uh, went off and um, Mark McKay and I, Mark, who's the drummer for Slapshot and, yeah. and the long wait, um, uh, have been pals from like sort of day one of, of getting into punk rock. Um, 
and um uh and so he and i went to go see um steve ignorant from crass play at oh. in, in at, at the middle east you know and and so we were we were looking forward to that this is great they and there, there were two opening bands the first one was this like um uh anarchist band from new york whose name isn't with me right now um but who were great and were, were very like you know straightforward and um uh and at one point the the singer like said something and somebody in the audience yells like you know um punch a nazi and and he went oh, hang on hang stops the band goes wait a minute you, you know you're right nothing feels better than punching a nazi but what we what the left really needs are places to organize places to come together and i was like oh this is great you know the next band that came on it's called we're nazis no i'm just kidding yeah, yeah no uh it's called the 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 um the uh it's called hymns h-i-m-s the hymns experience or oh no no um h-y-m-s h-i-m-s hymns um and uh, the hymns collective they're out of philadelphia and anyway so i'm uh so like the first band goes off and the other bands is, is setting up and i'm talking to mark and you know, a bunch of other people, Al Quinton, and we're chatting. And then someone goes, what, what's going on? What's going on in stage? And I turn around and there's just a pile of amps. I mean, literally it looked like something like, like you'd made a, a, a pillow fort when you were a kid, just this wall of amplifiers, but just, you know, some tip sideways. And there's a singer who has a laptop. And then there is a guitar player. And I'm like, what's going on singer hits the hits the keyboard bass and drums come on you know guitar player starts, starts playing the singer starts screaming and i was like uh, you know and the singer's also like um uh uh she is um uh she looks um uh have you ever seen uh, um images of uh of the um uh the actor divine uh, when uh -huh. she wasn't dressed as divine, this is what the singer for hymns uh, looks like. You know, wow. kind of chubby, but wearing some, you know, cookie cutter shorts. Yeah. Looking fabulous, looking great, singing, you know, and then and in between like songs. So it was, you know, kind of like whatever, like thrash core. What, I don't, there's so many terms, but, you know, kind of like, you know, like sounds like, you know, Hoover with had just sucked up a bunch of marbles, you know, kind of voice. And then in between, the, the guitar player would stop, and all of a sudden, it would be like delight would be playing in between. It would be like groove is in the heart, and wow. and, be, and they both start dancing around, and then and then all of a sudden, like jump back into ah, you know groove is in the heart, but like screaming it. It was fantastic. It, I really? had the same. I had the same like visceral reaction as I did when I first saw Guar. Like I got to see more of this. Oh, I got to check they're, this out. They're tapping into something completely different. Um, it was fantastic, and it, so it's a collective. The the, uh, uh, the singer is always uh, with the band. You know, sometimes they have drums, sometimes they have a bass player, sometimes they have a couple of guitar players. Um, but there's always the singer and a guitar player. Was this and, where was this show, Hank? Oh, this was at Sonia's uh, in the uh, at Sonia, the Middle East. Yeah, um, the Hymns Collective, um, uh, and it's a, um, uh, a a gay anarchist gay anarchist collective out of philadelphia um oh i gotta check this out it's really funny you're always thanking me for introducing you to new bands thank you you just introduced me to a so band and, and, then, and then steve ignorant came on and uh and sang you know sang craft songs and he, he's got a great band um oh, i can't i can't think of the woman's name who's uh the the other singer uh right now but um 
it was great. It really was great. It was, you know, and, and, um, and he was able, I was able to chat with Steve ignorant beforehand, which is also just one of those things, you know, I think for me growing up, like straight edge and crass were like these two really great, um, you know, ideas that how like, does it feel to be the mother of a thousand dead right but like you know here is this you know uh, <laughs> uh, 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 here you know here, here's a philosophy of anarchism and peace and 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 then and then also having straight edge you know kind of you know mm -hmm. which is also then we're not gonna do drugs we're gonna like you know let's 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 Grass simplify this credit. you know the the this the 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 sounds of the the our larger cultures around us and and re remember our own, our own values and those two things really guided yeah. my and still guide me in many, many ways. So interesting. Um, you know, Crass, Crass doesn't get enough credit for, for how they were just, everyone was scared of them, you know, <laughs> they were, they were just scared. But I remember there was this guy, Alan Stern, you might know him. He was hmm. hanging out in the hardcore scene. He's in, the, he's one of the guys on stage during the negative FX, uh, Bradford hotel. You oh, can yeah, see yeah. him up there. He's wearing a flannel shirt. He loved crass. And he was like a nerdy dude that you would never expect to be in a pit. Like back then you didn't know who was going to be in the pit and who wasn't. And he turned me on the crass when we were at WDJM and Framingham. And I was like, wow. Cause they're so political and so yeah. like in your face. I absolutely love that bit. I wanted to ask you when you saw Emil and the Sniffers, did you see Die Spitz? Oh yeah, I did. Uh, you didn't uh, like nothing, him? Nothing impressed. No. Okay, I was curious. All all women, right? Yeah, uh, and, and that was great. But it was but it was also just sort of like um, uh, uh, it was so sort of thrown together that I, I just I just wasn't impressed. I, I you know uh, you know their songs were okay, but nothing really that really you know stood out and. Um, uh, the um... they have a very casual approach because I've watched many of their. They don't. They it's like it's not organized at times. Yeah, and like <laughs> like like somebody broke a guitar string, and they're like, "Oh, we don't have any guitars. We don't our other guitar. Wait, my other guitar's out in the van." And leaves the stage, runs off. You know what? And I was just like, uh, you know, <laughs> well, I, I, I kept going no, like, no. Wait, "Where's your roadie? Where's your you know as as a former roadie? Like, where's your roadie?" you know so well if they're on that tour they must have been making a few bucks i mean um, yes exactly yeah um, um so so anything else that you saw in the last year i mean you were at the the first long wait show that happened yes, out right. in notch brewery to me that was the show of the year that and the justine Kovalt uh tribute show those two shows right there were like to me my two yeah, favorite right, of right. The year. unfortunately i couldn't get to the to the justine show um but yeah, and 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 just you know, but but knowing all these all these great folks who were who were there, and you know, I mean, I think it's, um, you know, we 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 are certainly a a a generation of folks, not just a generation, but you know, it, it being in this in, in this scene too, we've we've had we've we've lost friends, you know, all along the way from you know almost from the get go, you you knew kids who were, you know, whether it's drug overdoses or or, or drunk driving or you know suicide or some other yeah um, some other event um yeah you know never mind sort of childhood cancers and that you know th those sort of things but we you know we, we certainly had lots of friends who who passed away and um uh and now it's you know we're, we're losing friends to you know you know more, more grown-up uh um uh, uh causes and um you know it's certainly not uh certainly not easy you know at, at any point to, to lose those folks though we've though we have lost a, a we've lost a bunch and 
um, in some ways, you know, it's it, not that it's you should get used to it, but it's certainly, um, uh, um, like it's it'll it's never be but easy. You, you, you've, yeah, you, but you, you've you've we've we've learned a bit, I think. Yeah, know. I've lost a lot of friends in the last few years, and it's just it's horrible. Um, I wanted to ask you about your uh, how, how you and I have matching uh, eyeglasses. Oh, sorry, no. Did you get yours at Spectacle Eye? Of course, of course. Yeah, oh, exactly. Paul, this Look is for you, Paul. Paul's getting a free spot here. Thank you, Paul, for the specs. <laughs> um, yeah, I like yours better than mine. Actually, I'm gonna have to like talk to Paul about that. It's my hairline. <laughs> uh, I'm not showing you my hairline. Nice try, though. Um, <laughs> what do you think about? Uh, I know. I mean, I think I know what you'll probably say. You're probably gonna say, "Yeah," but you know, the fact that SSD and DYS both reissued their. 40-year-old albums all right in the same time period. I mean, with the buzz and everything, do, do you prefer one or the other or is it both exciting for you that they both were reissued? Oh, I, I, I think um, uh, I think it's great. You know, um, uh, you know, but I also, you know, I'm always like, I just, I, once again, I just remember like uh, my neighbors uh, who were like, you know, who seemed very cool, you know, they had a daughter who was my age and their parents were very, these cool hippies. But I remember the dad sort of saying to me once, like all the best music's already been played, you know, all the best, I've already, we, we, all the best parties have already happened, you know, which, which is like totally like a real, you know, fuck you to, to fuck you kid, you know, nothing you can do can lit, can match this. And so like. Lester Banks was saying that in 1973, by the way, he thought right. rock and roll was over. Right. right. <laughs> then the Stooges and, came along and changed his mind in a hurry. Yeah. But right. But, but I think, you know, it's um, uh, so I I never want to be able to sort of say like, you know, that was the best stuff. You know, yeah, those were great times and great music. And uh, and certainly that the Brotherhood album, I think, for me, uh, meant more than um, the kids will have their say. Um, really? Yeah. But get it away. The, the, you know, the, 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 the next the album, you know. The top top of the top of the pops for me that really is just one of the my, one of my you know top favorite albums um and um uh um well you know I'll, glue glue from get it away and Wolfpack, which is ended up now on uh the brotherhood album there to me define the whole boston crew and that whole generation those two songs you know they were just all about you know got to stick together you know from smally telling us how proud he is to be part of the whole thing I well mean, and i and i think you know the, the last rights uh single that came out you know um which was uh um uh choke second band after negative X yeah yeah slap shot um and uh you know and that had two songs on it that had chunks um which has been chunks. covered by everybody Di dinosaur jr does a, a fantastic version of that and then um so ends our night and for me so ends our night is the best boston hardcore song ever you know you know in part it's the you know he's he's like you know name checking like kenmore square and he's talking about like drinking coca-cola you know and, and not booze and you know so for me so ends our night is like the best boston hardcore song ever you know but um but that's just me you know i was going to try and do this word association thing with you unless i have a bunch of names here and i was going to say the name and tell me what popped in your head would you be into that or do you want to talk yeah, about sure. Well, yeah, like, sure i don't know right I, I hope like i'm just gonna say a band name or a person and you tell me what comes to mind ssd uh jamie you know uh, um uh who is you know uh, 
uh, who, who uh, you know, who's been on this show a bunch of times and um, what's, you know, and Jamie is just, he's three just times. Great. Wow. And, he's right. On- and, and, and a very, and very cool. Jamie's also just a super cool guy. And, um, uh, and, and it's always funny because I, when I li- listen to the podcast, you know, and interviews um, that he's on, Al's talk, talking more or Chris is talking more, which I just find hilarious because Jamie's just himself is just he talks all the time. So it's just so funny. But uh, yeah. And so SSD is just uh, is great. And we're we're sort of this mythic band when I showed up in Boston, you know, from the South Shore um, that uh, um, you're like, oh, right, this band, blah, 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 you know, um, and uh, um, and they'd already sort of they'd already sort of hit their peak by the time I start I start hanging around, too. So um, were they already metal by then? Or at least they're they're certainly on their way. I took my last year, last year of high school in Poughkeepsie at at, this, at a Quaker high school, because um, my own high school was just horrible, and I was having you know horrible experiences there. So, got out, went to Poughkeepsie, which was great, and got me seeing shows in New York uh, in '83 and '84. Um, so at that time when I would have been you know seeing shows in Boston, a lot more shows in Boston, I was I was in New York, um, you know. Uh, but anyway, so there you go. That's that's, that's uh, my, D- DYS. DYS. Um, uh, you know, Smalley and John, and actually, and and actually, all those guys, um, Ross and uh, and Andy, um, just you know, uh, hit it off with those, all those guys, Dave Collins, um, and um, uh, just you know, uh, sweethearts. And um, I mean, Jonathan. I mean, the, uh, you know, the thing I love about Jonathan. Jonathan was always the the guy who was like, "I'm so punk, I'm not punk anymore." You know, <laughs> like by not being punk. And hanging out with you guys, I'm punker than you, which is just hilarious. Oh, I just had him on for a second time. He's definitely one of my favorite guests. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Like, yeah, I I listened to that whole podcast, but we were out in LA this summer and, um, you know, and and, uh, we went out to lunch uh, with with Jonathan and came out to have lunch with my family. And it was great, you know. uh, And, you know, and he's got all his insights on on Hollywood stuff and the strike. It was great. It was, you know, totally. He articulates everything so well. I just love the way he talks, man. Unlike me, Uh, I did not send you my talking points. uh, You did. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not just saying this, Jonathan, because you're sending me a test pressing of the Brotherhood record, (laughs) by the way, (laughs) which he announced on the show. And I was like, I know, I heard, yeah. What? Uh, What about Smalley, Dave Smalley? Like, great guy, Ernest. um, And, uh, um, yeah, you know, and, and I've known uh, I've known Dave. I've known um, uh, his his partners. I've known like you know it was always it was exciting. You know, DYS breaks up, Dave leaves, and all of a sudden you know um, he's like he's back with Dag Nasty, and I was like, well, this is great, you know. And, and then later on with all and you know and, and just all his different things, and I was like, wow, Dave has become sort of this like you know punk rock singer to go. And and did um, you and, see and, Dave with both Dag Nasty and all? Because I didn't oh, yeah. see him with either band. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so he was in—he was only in Diagnostic for a really short period of time. So, I mean, as far as touring and stuff goes, because after the first record came out, Peter went on tour That's with right. them. Yeah. So you That's saw right. them before the first record came out. Yeah, 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 and yeah. One of the one of Slapshot's first uh, uh, first uh, gigs was with uh, opening for Diagnostic. It's supposed to be Diagnostic, Slapshot, Diagnostic, and then. Um, uh, Ian Mackay had a band. Was Embrace. A What's that? Embrace. Maybe it was Embrace. Yeah, that, that sounds right. Um, but they they broke up like like literally like the night before, and so it just just Dag Nasty showed up to the show, and we're like, okay, great, you know. Was that um, TT the Bears? No, that was at at the Rat. You saw Dag Nasty 
with Smalley at the Rat. Yeah. I am so jealous. Yeah. Oh, was, I mean, they had such electricity that it, version. It, it really was. It was also, also sort of a like a homecoming for Dave, and so everyone everyone was really excited excited about that too. So that was. You know. I've seen Down by Laura a ton of times in DYS, uh, but I never saw all either. He was in all for only, well, two records, actually. Two records, yeah. Uh, what about Gang Green? Uh, you know, I remember getting Boston, not LA, and, and listening to that and being like, what are these, who are these madmen from Braintree? You know, I mean, um, Gang Green and, and, uh, and, and Jerry's Kids. And let me just say, too, Jerry's Kids my favorite band, you know, favorite hardcore band, hands down, you know, really? Oh yeah. You know, the speed of gangrene, the power of SSD and just the most like crazy lyrics, you know, and just, and, and, you know, and a bunch of lovable guys. Um, Yeah. Jerry's kids. There's know, definitely a quote in there. There's definitely a quote in there somewhere. That was spectacular. I can't wait to go back and listen to what you just said. That was great. See, I feel the same way when I saw Jerry's kids, at the hardcore reunion show. Yeah. Oh my God. They absolutely floored me that day. And I was just like, what? Well, you know, and, and when, you, when you see crying. Drew Stone's, when you see Drew Stone's uh, film of that day and he has, he, he, and he has a clip of Jerry's kids playing a song from 1982 and then jumps into yeah. whatever year that was. Um, uh, uh, and you, and you realize like they're playing at the same speed. Like they, it just meshes so per perfectly. Everybody else I see slow down a little bit, you know. Oh my god, I went, I went last year. I went to see my wife and I went to go see the English Beat, and it was slowed down. Like he, he had the fa fine band and uh, Dave Waking Wakeling's great, but it was slowed down to the point where I was like, oh, this is what people will be listening on cruise on on cruise ships. This is <laughs> yeah, Bob Sensi and uh, Rick Jones. Oh. Both of those guys, the way they play, they're so fast, man. And, you, and just great and, and and committed. And and when Chris was with them, forget it, man. It was off the hook, yeah. man. Uh, FUs. The best songwriting in Boston. Still, um, you know, songs that you, that you can listen to now and go, yep. Uh, like well-written song, really well-written songs. Songs, yeah, that, that are singable, stick, stick in your head. Um and that and that like you you listen to and you kind of go oh yeah this is you know this is not like somebody <clears throat> well you know the Boston LA aside which is which is just sort of like you know pure fast hardcore stuff um, but all the other stuff just yeah young 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 fast Iranians would be in my top ten uh, Boston songs ever. Right. Phenomenal. And I don't care what version you play me. Joni was trying to tell me, you're going to listen to the FU's version, not the Straw Dogs version. Oh my God. I don't give That's a Cowbell. Shit. I don't care what version. Uh, the Freeze. I never asked you about the Freeze. Oh, I mean, you know, once again, uh, like excellent guys and who I think they, um, uh, great songs. Um, and in, in some ways, I think they, um, they were punished for being not even necessarily from, from being from down Cape, but punished because they were seen as um, like sort of bigger than the scene. Like, and, and which isn't even their part. Like they, they never, they, they didn't act that way, but I think people just kind of went like, Oh, people would go see the freeze who would go see the dead Kennedys, you know, and not that, the, not that the dead Kennedys were, were bad or horrible or anything, but that it was, you know, the scene was so insular and it was sort of like, this is our little secret. And, 
we don't want other people to know that like we're doing this really cool thing. So when the dead Kennedys come out and, you know, and, and like all of a sudden these jocks from your high school, you know, show up and you're like, what, what the hell are you guys doing here? Like, you know, this is my cool thing. What the hell are you doing here? That a lot of that same crowd, not, not necessarily mm. jocks, but like people <clears throat> who were just sort of peripheral to the scene would come to the free shows. And I think people are like, Oh, that's not cool. You know, it, it's, it's, so I think that's, I think that was one of the things about the freeze, but like, Great songs, great, you know. Always, yeah, I I didn't realize what they went through with the Boston crew until they were on my show and told me that stuff. I was like, whoa! Just a couple more, uh, slap shot. Oh, slappy! You know the the guys. It was, um, you know, so, so much of my of my uh, 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 so much of my life was spent in a band with those guys, um, which was you know, and the great thing about being on tour with them is that we were all friends. We were all friends, and um, and we would like. And it was always, it was, you know, like, yes, we're on tour. Yes, we have to get to the show, but it's also like, we're going to have fun. Let's go see, like, you know, I remember being on the first European tour with Slapshot, which was in a van. Um, I remember we, we said to our, um, our, our uh, the, uh, our, the, the road manager who was German, we sort of said, like, hey, tomorrow morning, we'd like to get up early. And because um, we're going into Vienna and we want to be able to go and, and get a tour of Mad Ludwig's castle. And he was like, what like we're like yeah we want to do you know do a little sightseeing he's like you guys you guys just want to like, we're like yeah you know we don't know when we're going to be in europe again this is you know here's our chance to to see these places and and do these things and you know like, yeah we'll go to punk rock show he's like he's like he was like oh this is so great you know i i tour with you know often a lot of new york bands and all they do is they, they just want to party and then sleep late and i've got to wake them up and, and we were like no we got to go we want to see this stuff and do that and that was slap shot we we wanted to go and do this stuff and and yeah, go to museums and, you know, we'd, we'd see the giant ball of string and, um, uh, um, you know, and, and like, it was just a bunch of, 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 of like jerks, you know, on the road, which was also just hilarious too. You know, there, I was, I was explaining to my daughter the other day, we were driving up, like we we're driving to Montreal and, um, and I sort of said like, oh yeah, it used to be that you'd have to stop and throw change into a little basket here at, at this toll booth. <laughs> And and then I said, yeah, we used to slap chat. We would we would do that. We'd throw the change in for our thing, and the, and the, the gate would open, and then we throw like donuts and trash into the basket, and then drive off. And the next person had to like reach, you know, get the stuff out, you know, and you know, so it, it you know, that that is like the least uh, uh, vile thing that we did. Um, wow. But uh, and she was just like, what? And it's like that's just we we it was slap shot was just the most fun. Um, best guys, you know. I'd go on a tour with those guys like in a second again, you know, the same, the same five or six guys, you know, oh, I totally forgot about those baskets you'd throw money into. Wow. Yeah. yeah. There's somebody going like, that was you, you jackass. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Hank. Uh, it's always a pleasure, man. This was great, Steve. It's, oh, it's excellent. I love this podcast. It's, you know, I, I said this before, you know, the podcast helped get me through the pandemic, you know, uh, um, it always seemed like, you know, like, you know, at, at the worst parts of the pandemic, it was something I could look forward to going like, okay, Thank Monday you. morning, this is coming out. This is great. You know, and it would, you know, get me, get me through and be like, okay, great. And I, and I hear, I'm hearing the voice of a friend and, you know, and often other people that I know. And uh, that was great. And, and you've and, made a lot of suggestions and about who I should get. You've been very helpful, man, to me. And I really appreciate that. You're one of my, the biggest supporters of this. I've said this on the show before. You're thank you. Thank you so much. No, thank you. And and I'm going to, um, 
I'm going to send you a list of some other people that I want you to. Uh, um, uh, when you when you maybe when you stop recording, I'll I'll, I'll give you executive a name. executive producer okay. Reverend Hank Purse. Thank you. All right, man. Peace. Bye. I wake up to my life. I hear the sound that I've heard. While I know it's sweetness, betrays an immeasurable sadness. It is hard. What is it? It's hard. I get swallowed by the news today. I hear the sound that I've heard. Of your racist don't count. I want to wake in the USA. I hear the sound of a bird. And in this land of the dead, I'm fortunate to be so dedicated. Get them away from me. Sweet land of liberty. I'm on an automatication. Racist don't go. of your racist uncles. Wow. How about that tune, huh? That's the Sleevenes. They spell their name S-L-E-E-V-E-E-N-S. I think it's pronounced the Sleevenes. Until someone corrects me, that's what I'm going to call them. The song's called Aretha Franklin. It's brand new on Dirt Nap Records, a label we really like. Don't know much about the band, except that they're from Ireland. They're on a great label, and I really like the song. Plus, Jim Diamond's name is on the record. You can't go wrong if Jim Diamond's name is on the record. Of course, Jim, Ghetto Recorders, Detroit. I believe he's living in Europe now. And I think he mastered this record. I, I don't know if he had much more to do with it than mastering. But that's a lot, though. Mastering the record is very important in the process. Uh, so the song's fabulous. I wanted to play it for you. Um, it's coming out, the debut album, uh, I, I don't. I think it's their debut album. Like I said, I don't know much about them. It's a self-titled album. It's coming in February and Dirt Nap in a couple weeks. So stay tuned for that. Cool band, good old punk rock band. We love punk rock around here. Speaking of punks, thank you, Hank, for coming on the show. Really enjoyed that a lot. Hank is just a great guy to talk to. All right, you can reach out to me anytime at twistedrico at gmail.com. Questions comments send me music whatever love to hear from you we have an instagram facebook threads and youtube page where you can actually watch the zoom interview i did with the reverend and there's also a tiktok page at twisted rico where you can watch clips from the show and other stuff 
all kinds of stuff. If you want to support the show, and I hope you consider doing that, check out our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash Twisted Rico. That's going to do it this time, folks. So till the next time we say goodbye, this is Blowing Smoke with Twisted Rico. I'm your host, Steve Ricardo. Keep the rock and roll alive.